0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours
0: And deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
2: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
3: Mixed martial arts. Mixed martial arts. How do we
2: like our martial arts? We like them mixed! Yeah! Let's go, everybody. That's the sound of a fight night taking place outside of the UFC Apex. That's right. The UFC is back in the Lone Star State for UFC San Antonio, which goes down tomorrow. Early start time. 7 p.m. Main card prelims. We're supposed to start at 4 p.m. Eastern. Now they're going to start at 430 p.m. Eastern. We lost two fights. We're down to 11 total and it's going to be capped off. By the two men you see in that image right there. Marlon Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. Massive fight in this wild and crazy Bantamweight division as we welcome you to the UFC San Antonio live preview show here on MMAFighting.com. I am Mike Heck. We have Jose Youngs joining us from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. There he is. And also joining us, my best friend, the P to the OP, the Prince of Positivity. Mr. Alexander K. Lee. Hi, AK. Hi. Let's talk about UFC San Antonio, guys. Okay. We
4: will ah. do that. So it's not just, I'm just, sometimes I keep it simple. You know, sometimes I'm like, I was like, should I say something fancy? And I'm like, let's just call it like it is. Let's call it like it what is.
5: What uh, what do you consider? What would you say that would be? "Quote unquote" fancy.
4: Uh, you know, sometimes I, I I get I can be a little flowery with my introductions. I would say something like a couple of weeks ago, I've been like, "Oh, UFC Las Vegas, still in Las Vegas, but out of the Apex, and we've got Marav Valachvili and uh, uh, Pyotr Jan fighting for what is sure to be a title shot." And I could have said the same thing today, of course, because as we know, uh, Marlon Vera and uh, Corey Sandhagen, surely, <laughs> surely, whoever wins on Saturday is guaranteed a title shot, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh <laughs> uh, yes, we we will certainly talk about the stakes of this fight and what it all means, but AK, I'm curious and I don't know if this is even a fair time to even ask the gymnastics score question because like I just feel like this there's a lot of heavy lifting going on with this main event. Yeah, there's some names on this card. There's some interesting matchups on paper if you actually dive deep into it, but this is uh this is not a star power filled card, is it?
4: Uh, I'd like to answer Joseph Bosa's comment uh, right away. This is a great card that isn't getting the love that it deserves, I think. No, it's fine. No, it's it's an okay card that's getting, I think, what it deserves. It's an okay card with a phenomenal main event. Uh, There are some – I think the main card actually isn't bad at all. I don't think the main card is bad at all. Um, So I'm going to give it – again, let's be generous here, guys. Remember – Degree of difficulty is is best case scenario. If if everything is uh, if everything is good, highlight reel finishes, quality back and forth fights, and if the main event delivers, so this main event has got to deliver. That means no weird, you know, freaky uh, injuries or something like that are again outside of an injury. I can't imagine how this fight could be uh, boring in any way. Eight point
2: two. Eight point two. Okay, I think that's a it. pretty fair. I think it's a pretty would, fair center said. score. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the main event gives it probably like an entire point because it's that good, Jose. And mm-hmm. listen, you are you are a resident fan of high-level martial arts competitions. I mean, you are mm-hmm. the president of the high-level martial arts competition fan club. And we're at a division that more often than not puts out high-level competition bouts. And we got a five-rounder here between Corey Sanhagen and Marlon Vera, two completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Two very, very good fighters and two guys that are colliding at a very interesting time in this division's history for the UFC where things are kind of in shambles right now with so many contenders. We get a title fight between Aljamain Sterling who may have a foot kind of out of the divisional door to make room for Murad wallace Really, just got a big win over Piotr Jan. Marlon Vera's been on a roll. Corey Sanhagen has been really, really good. He's been in some really good fights. And I feel like me and Casey were talking about this earlier. This guy's so good that we feel like we he still hasn't tapped into his full potential yet. It hasn't fully clicked for him. So I feel like the timing of this fight is just at an incredible time, and that it's happening in front of a crowd in San Antonio. So your thoughts on this fight between Marlon Vera and Corey Sandhagen? Because it is it is a top notch main event
5: yeah the bantamweight division uh which i consider to be the second best division in mma it's it's going through the complete opposite of what the lightweight division is where we're actually getting these fights that we want like like a couple weeks ago we got Yon. now obviously we get uh sanhagen and marlon vera obviously the cejudo algerman fight the kind of cejudo coming back through a wrench into a lot of uh the title contention the title picture but like Regardless of which how you feel about Henry or Al Jermaine, that fight still rules. So we're still getting high-level fights at an opportune time, which is we can't really say for the welterweight or the lightweight division, which many people consider to be the other two premier divisions. So yeah, everything about this fight absolutely rules. I'm gonna sound like I did that when I we broke down Corey Sandhagen versus TJ Dillashaw or when we broke down Pyotr Yan versus Marab Devalishvili, like pretty much, or like Sean O'Malley versus Pyotr Yan. Like anytime you get a top five Bantamweight versus a top five Bantamweight, just I pray to God it's a main event or at least one of those weird things where the UFC just makes a five-round co-main event. Because uh, like you said, these are two very polar opposite individuals in terms of fighting style, but at the same time, two incredibly violent Individuals, This is a perfect main event. This is a perfect main event for San Antonio. This is a perfect main event for the era of this White division, what it's going through right now. It checks all the boxes, and if anyone on this site or any other site or fan <laughs> complains about something about this main event, anything at all, anything at all, you're just – uh I don't want to get demonetized, but you're just an idiot because you're just reaching for things to complain about at this point, because we complain about fights that we want. And then when we get them, we just kind of dig up something else to complain about that holds no water. This fight rules let's stop complaining about stuff and just enjoy marlon vera versus cory sanhagen because again this fight checks everybody this is the potential is a 40 out of 10 if we're just making things up at this point because that's my <laughs> rules so 40 out of 10 potential and we'll probably deliver at
2: least a 40 out of 10 i love this fight i love it too uh AK, here's the thing about Corey Sanhagen, and and maybe you don't like this, but he has the potential every time he gets in there, especially from a striking standpoint, to mix the martial arts. He mixes the martial arts very, very well. Marlon Vera doesn't really need to mix the martial arts very well. He can if he wants to, but he's been winning a lot of his fights with patience, durability, and just absolute game-changing power. When his strikes land, boy, do they matter. Talk about this fight. Break it down. What are some of the storylines, some of the intangibles that you were looking at for this high-level potential 25-minute battle between these two contenders?
4: Uh, first, I want to say I, I'm glad that Jose brought the positivity to it because, because yeah, we, we do tend to nitpick, and and, and um, I've said on multiple occasions, like, we should. The be-all, end-all, like, storyline of every main event shouldn't necessarily be, well, what does this mean for the title picture? Um And it shouldn't on Saturday either. Like, the, this fight is absolutely incredible. It's great that we're getting it. Um, it's just – it's a little frustrating just because it felt like – not too long ago there was a through line for like, okay, O'Malley beats Jan. There you go. O'Malley's definitely gonna fight Sterling. Uh, and then you know, one of these other phantom weights, that they're gonna be matched up. we're gonna get a contender out of there, and then you know, Vera Sanhagen gets booked, and we're like, boom, there you go. There's your logical, you know, one of these guys gets a tele shot. Um, and then the Cejudo thing happens and screws everything up. But yeah, again, it doesn't really matter the fight's going to happen it's going to be great whatever happens after is not going to diminish its greatness just like if uh just last week Justin Gaethje and rafael fazee may- maybe that maybe neither of those guys you know that that fight doesn't have direct uh doesn't directly lead to one of those guys getting a title shot in the next like i don't know six seven eight months and it doesn't matter because that fight was freaking amazing who cares who cares whether uh, if it hurts fazee's you know standing in the rankings or if, if justin gaethje's oh still one or two fights away it doesn't even matter it's still great so i i do like that stance on it the matchup itself is so tough to call because, and again, for the reasons that we just mentioned, like this division is so strong. You uh, It's, you know, we have, we do the rankings every month, Mike. And it's funny because we have, you know, we have to refer to fighters in every division. Like this person's like a top 10 fighter in this division, top 10 this fighter. Like being a top 10 fighter at Bantam weight uh, is it, very different than being top 10 in, say, heavyweight, heavy, light heavyweight, you know, it's, it's. It's crazy the quality of competition that there is. So, uh, I'm ha- honestly I'm working on predictions as we speak. I'm having a lot of trouble bringing this one down just because like I feel like there's so many ways to go. Uh, I'll give my official prediction in a second, but I do like, as you said, Mike. I do like Santa Hagen's ability to mix it up a bit more. Uh, I think he has just as much sort of one shot power as Marlon Vera, but both guys also have the ability to sort of break you down. They're um, they're not sluggers. They can certainly you know get into back and forth battles. We've seen that with both guys. Like their toughness is not in question. Um, Sandhagen's uh, losses to Jan and uh, the loss to Dillashaw. Some people didn't view it that way. You saw him dig down deep. You saw him uh, find that extra gear. So um, he's definitely a guy who can take a hit. Uh, and same with Marlon, we've seen him in, in some in some sick battles too. Even though um, he he can also be a you know uh, he can be a fast finisher. Maybe he hasn't had a fast finisher recent finish recently, but we know he can he can sort of break you down, and put you away. So I'd be very surprised if this one ends in the first couple of rounds. Again, all those guys, great finishers, but also really tough, really tactical. I'd be very surprised if it ends in the first couple of rounds. But I'll also be very surprised, Mike, if it goes the distance. So I'll say that I'll say that for Ooh. now, for sort of tease the prediction.
2: Yeah little bit of a cliffhanger. Two very durable fighters. Marlon Vera never finished. Corey Sandhagen only finished once by Aljamain Sterling by submission in one of those crazy fights. So, so, Jose, the comparison I get with this fight, and I've been getting it a lot the last couple of weeks, is does this remind us of Vera versus Font? And obviously Font and Sandhagen are two totally different guys. Sanhagen obviously mixes things up a little more. He's got a little more tools with the striking, mix things up a little different, but the movement, kind of the volume persona that both guys bring to the table, I understand it. And and a lot of the question is, can Marlon Vera land enough to have the more significant moments in rounds that even if he's doubled up on strikes, can he steal rounds with his ability to just change the game with one big shot, which he did against Rob a lot? If you look at the statistics in the Fon fight, Font outlanded Vera by a lot in pretty much every single round, but Vera had those game changing moments pretty much consistently throughout by landing one big shot and dropping Font or dropping him multiple times in rounds. Is that one of the big questions you have in this fight? Like, can Vera steal rounds with his power, or do you have different intangible questions with this fight?
5: You're muted. That was weird. Can you hear me now? Well, the yes. questions I have for this fight uh, I think both fighters have had to evolve as fighters and obviously fighters evolve over time, but I think these two gentlemen once you get to the top the the upper echelon of any division, you really you have to add more tools. You can't just rely on what got you to the dance because that top 1% of the top 1% you can't make a mistake, and Marlon Vera, yeah, he's on this long win streak, or uh, he's on an impressive win streak, and he lost to Jose Aldo, but who hasn't lost to Jose Aldo? But he he's one of those fighters that seems to be losing until he's not, and like he did, I had him down against Dominic Cruz, I had him losing to Frankie Edgar, and then he just lands that one punch, and then your face turns off, and then he wins, and that is a skill unto itself that he can you know survive not survive is the wrong word he can stay in a fight and not look like he's being overwhelmed and stay patient and then just kind of punch a hole through your chest with a shotgun Corey Sanhagen, on the other hand, seems to be running forward the entire time with these dynamic movements. And he himself said that he had to change up a little bit rather than just go for the kill all of the time because that, you know, you, when he did that against TJ Dillashaw, kind of bit him in the ass because TJ Dillashaw is one of those top 1% of the top 1% that can take advantage of your mistakes. Uh, obviously, the Peter Yan fight, which I think is one of the better fights of the last five years, that's the best Peter Yan we've seen ever. I think that p- Peter Yan is the best Bantamweight I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, that win, like that loss to Peter Yan, I don't know how well that's aged, but then when he came back in Song Yadong, we kind of saw a different Corey Sanhagen. He was much more methodical, and he filleted Song Yadong from the outside, and then he didn't take those massive risks. That he did against TJ and Sometimes those massive risks pay off, like when he landed the flying knee against Frank Edgar and just walked away as Frank Edgar kind of timbered to the canvas. So I want to see if both men continue to change and evolve. And essentially, what I'm on paper, if you look at and if you watch tape, the first person that makes a mistake and leaves an opening will probably. Their face isn't going to look the same after this fight. Like Song Yudong hat doesn't look the same. For, like TJ Dillashaw didn't look the same. He tore his, or tore his knee up against uh uh Corey Sanhagen. Dominic Cruz's face got like his nose was on the other side of his body. We saw the photo of Frank Gideon when he got front kicked by Marlon Barrett. So first person to make a mistake, it's not going to be a good thing. Both of these men have dynamic power in every limb. I'd be curious how if this fight hits the canvas, because I think Marlon Vera has incredibly underrated jujitsu and he's very, very, very dangerous off his back with his elbows. And Corey Sandhagen is incredibly long and is one of those guys that just is constantly hunting submissions on the canvas, even if he doesn't get them. It's the threat of them being there. He's the second he touches the ground, he's just kind of moving immediately it didn't work out for him against Algerman. but no one was beating Algerman strolling that night because of the chip on his shoulder first person make a mistake it's going to be a bad night i still can't decide who's going to win i have an idea but i the there's that's the biggest question i have who makes the first mistake
2: man that's that's a great way of looking at this A K over under one and a half takedown attempts in this fight and why
1: uh, I'll go. I'll
4: go over. I'll go over. I think uh, some of them might be, you know, uh, reactive. Some of them might just be in mid- middle of the chain. Someone's getting blasted. Uh, you kind of throw one in there just, just to, just to change the tempo, just to mix up the pace. Um, not necessarily because one of the fighters is looking to grind it out. Um, so that's, again, like, again, that's certainly an option. Both guys are, are pretty well rounded, um, even though of course they favor the stand up. Uh, I don't. I'd be surprised. I'd be really surprised if it was either guy's game plan to kind of go in there, like work against the fans, clinch up, you know, go for trips, things like that. Um, it'd be cool to see. It'd be cool to see. I know I'm very uh, publicly against the mixing of the martial arts, but. <laughs> again these are two of the best hmm. fighters in the world and you know if they want to show off their full skill set i'm never going to argue against that like I, I think i'm more against mixing the martial arts when people are bad at mixing the martial arts let's let's make that clear um so i generally take a, a hard stance against it but um these guys can, these guys are, are well-rounded so i'll go over but not uh, again not in the sense that like it'll be one guy going out of their way to like sort of, sort of wrestle their way to a win um but yeah, I think you're, you're going to see all, all kinds of things in this fight, not not just uh, striking. So I'll, I'll go over. Maybe not way over, but I'll go over.
2: The stakes in this fight are really fascinating because we broke down kind of what the top of this division looks like right now. We got Aljos the champ fighting Cejudo. Marab on our rankings, the number two guy, basically the number one guy outside of the champion. And he's not going to fight Aljamain Sterling right now. If Cejudo wins. Maybe they do that. We got Sean O'Malley out there right now. And then this fight, we've been... We've had circled on our Bannermuy calendars for a long time, Jose. So, what's at stake here? A lot of people feel like Marlin has more to gain and Corey has more to lose, if that makes sense, just because of what the, the recent resumes look like. Marlon's on a row, four, four wins in a row. Sanhagen's coming off of a good win, but lost to Piotr Jan, has the loss to Aljamain Sterling as well. What is at stake here? Who needs this one more? Who has more to gain? Who has more to lose? What do you think? <sighs>
5: Um, I think Corey has slightly more to lose, just because of like you said, the wins and losses and who he's lost to. But it's this losing to Marlon Vera in 2023. Your your stock is not going to fall that dramatically, especially if it's one of these these wars that we've seen Corey Sanhagen uh, in the past. Uh, I think both of them have the same to gain, and both of them have Sean O'Malley waiting for them. Hopefully, um, hopefully. Obviously, the last seven days in the UFC has just, you know, stamped what we already knew and that wins and losses don't particularly matter <laughs> in the UFC or mixed martial arts. But if if Jermaine Sterling is indeed moving up to featherweight, if he does beat Henry Cejudo or if Al Sterling wins or Henry Cejudo wins and then calls out Sean O'Malley, that's... Most likely, the fight. Obviously, I think no one would have complained if Sean O'Malley was fighting Aljamain Sterling in Newark anyway, instead of Henry Cejudo. But Corey Sanhagen did an interview, obviously with their own Damon Martin. He himself said, "Like, why wouldn't the UFC want to make that fight if it's if Corey Sanhagen wins and Sean O'Malley wins and Algermaine Sterling wins and Algermain still wants to fight Sean O'Malley but he's like you know this white cut sucks I just can't do it anymore that's a wrap I vacate the belt I'm moving up to 145. The winner of this versus Sean O'Malley for a vacant belt also that just makes it bigger selfishly that's what I want but I just don't know. This band of division is so fantastic. Uh everyone is kind of pushing each other down and pulling each pulling themselves up with the, along the way i just i don't know that's i don't know like realistically we should be fighting sean o'malley or the belt but i just i don't know like for all i know marab fights umar they announced marab fights umar and then umar melts marab and then why wouldn't you give the title shot to umar numaga so i just i don't know and that's the state of the band and weight division now the state of a lot of divisions right now there's really no division out there outside of heavyweight where it's like yeah, clear number one contender. I guess light heavyweight too, but like I don't know. I don't know. That's the answer. That's not a good answer, but I think that's what everyone like it's hard to look down the line in the UFC cuz nothing makes
2: sense anymore. At 135 100%. What do you think AK? What if what if Marlon Vera cuz I feel like Vera does have more to gain here. I feel like he's on the longer streak. I feel like a lot of people have like I think I've had Vera ranked the highest amongst all of us for a while. Um, but I think, you know, if he beats Corey Sanhagen, I think people will sort of catch up to that. But if he wins, it's five in a row. He's getting over in a big way with these performances and and things that he has to say. And he's been pretty nonchalant and and, and pretty indifferent about the whole title conversation. He understands, like, why Sohuto's is getting a title fight. It's not necessarily because of merit. This is what the UFC, at least in his mind, thinks will sell better. And he's not complaining about it. It's just, it is what it is. So, what is at stake here for these two guys?
4: See, that's what kills me about Cheeto though is because listen, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I think most of us had fans of his since his early days in the UFC. If anyone watched the Ultimate fighter Latin America, he was one of the standouts from that season. Um and I and I like and I, I like the attitude of if I go in, I do my work, keep putting on great fights, uh you know, keep uh, picking up bonus checks, so the UFC will eventually notice me and and I'll get my title shot. But it's not how it works. Like we know it's not how it works. I was, I was just listening to his media day today and um, he said sometimes you chase something and it, and, it get, and makes it go further away. And philosophically, I kind of get what he's saying. But in the UFC, like that's actually not the case. In the UFC, as we know, you've got to pipe up. The guys who get opportunities the guys who pipe up and say they want something it, 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 there's much more evidence i mean we, we've certainly had guys who have gone on win streaks and called for big fights and not gotten it balal muhammad is you know as a case of that he's been chasing it He's he's been doing both he's been both chasing after his opportunity and he's been putting in the work and somehow neither path has led him to a title shot or but anyway that's neither here nor there um but with cheeto he just got skipped over for again henry cejudo for example a guy who has done nothing but talk for the last few years uh and and only you know ramped up the comeback talk recently and guess what now he's back in the UFC title show we just saw Colby Covington come back he actually disappeared for a year wasn't even talking but then spends one weekend talking makes weight once now he's getting a title shot um so while TJ TG Shot TG getting the title shot that we all hated him getting that title shot against Aljo uh again he's just he had, he won that fight he, he gets a year off because he was injured and but Never at that point does TJ did TJ say like, well, I'm okay with not getting the teller shot. He was pretty clear, you know, keeping himself in that number one contender talk. So it's so admirable and so honorable for for uh, Cheeto Bear to be a good company man and say, I'm just going to keep putting on my hard hat. And as long as the checks keep coming, I'm happy. And that's great. And he's, he's won a lot of bonuses. He's very happy. Seems to be making a good living. But if he's really serious about chasing that teller shot, God, I would love to see him make a little bit more of a stir. Because, again, we know four, five, six, seven wins in a row, it, it doesn't mean anything to the UFC. You actually do have to, like, put your foot forward and uh- – and say, I I want that title shot. And you still might not get it, but you have to let them know you want it. They are not in the business of just handing it out based on like, well, let's look at the rankings, who's in a win streak. This person deserves it. I hate to use the D word, but yes, you know, he deserves it. He deserves a title shot. So if we're talking about who has more to gain and more to lose, it almost doesn't even have to, it it has just as much to do, not only with who wins the fight, but what they do after. Because if Cheeto wins and keeps the same song and dance of of, hey, whatever the UFC wants to bring me, I'm happy about it. He's not fighting for a title this year. I'll say it right now. He could knock out Corey Sanhagen, and if he does the same thing, it's like, well, whatever happens next next, give me O'Malley or give me whoever next is fine. He's not fighting for the title this year, and that sucks because a win on Saturday should – if he's healthy, he should be guaranteed a title shot by the end of the year, and I'm, I'm very, very afraid that, that uh, that's not going to happen.
2: Current betting lines, according to our friends at DraftKings, I think they're pretty spot on, almost perfect. Corey Sanhagen, minus 165, the comeback on Marlon Vera, plus 140. I guess it's time to to get off the fence in this very, very close fight. So, Jose, we'll begin with you. Have you, have you landed on a side here?
5: Uh, I'm going to pick Corey Sanhagen. I have no idea how it's going to happen, but like I said, I think Marlon Vera lately has... Like fair play to him, he's won fights, but like I said, he's won fights that he's was losing until he wasn't. Fighters like Jose Aldo and Corey San Hagen don't let you pull that out of their out of your back pocket. I'm not saying Dominic Cruz and Frank Edgar are aren't high level fighters, but at that their point in their careers, they're not just they're they're not gonna just melt you uh with a punch, or they're not just gonna like punish you like Jose Aldo does. And because uh, that was a three round fight, if I remember correctly. So, like three round fight, Jose Aldo, and it's predominantly striking fight. Unless your name is Marlon Moraes, you're probably not going to lose that fight. And I lose that term lose loosely because I think we all scored that fight for Jose Aldo. I think Corey Sanhagen in a five round fight. I even if if Marlon Mar- if Marlon Vera makes one mistake, Corey Sanhagen's going to let make him pay for it. And I don't think he's a fighter that will give an opening to Marlon Vera to pull out one of these hail mary haymakers or f- head kicks that he lands on uh frank edgar and dominic cruz i got Corey sanhagen i don't know how he's going to win i think it's going to be an incredibly competitive fight i'm not picking cory sanhagen to blow him out of the waters i think both men this is going to be one of those fights and it's going to sound like a cop-out that both of their stocks will rise neither one falls, falls that too far in the rankings and i don't think either falls in the eyes of the fans or the ufc but at the end of the day we do need a winner and i say that because we've seen weirder things where draws and fighters not making the cage. We need a winner. So I'm picking, I'm picking Corey Stenhagen, but I'm not going to pick Hal because I'm not going to put that evil into the world. AK,
2: you're predicting a finish who gets it before the final horn.
4: Yeah. Uh, first of all, I agree with uh, Jose that no, I don't think either guy can be set back too much with a loss. I know Corey Sanhagen's resume will look a little bit worse than Marlon Vera's. It'll be three losses in his past four fights. But again, it'll be the split against TJ, which many people thought Corey won, uh, stepping in on short notice to fight Piotr Jan in one of the best fights in recent memory, uh, and then a win over Song Yadong. So even if he loses, that, those three losses – you can't really hold them against them that much. I don't think the matchmakers will either. It'll be a bit of a climb back to the top. But again, he's he's only thirty. Um, so is Cheeto. They're both only thirty. He has a lot of time to sort of get back up there, keep putting on exciting fights, getting bonuses, and wait for that whatever jumble at the top of the division to clear up. So, uh, I am so I am leaning towards Cheeto Vera to win again. I I don't think this is uh, you know any sort of indictment of. It's Corey Sanhagen's recent performances or how he'll perform on Saturday. Um, just, you know, we have to pick somebody. And I'll go with Vera. By I said I, I don't think this will go the distance. So I'll go late finish, something in the fourth round. I think he's just going to catch uh, catch Sanhagen with something. Something he's been setting up for like three rounds. Um, like both guys will be damaging each other for the first three rounds for sure. But I think Marlon Vera will be setting something up, finally really find it uh, find it in the fourth put Corey Sanhagen down, finish by by TKO. Not like a stone-cold stone knockout, but just kind of hurt him and just, you know, uh, whoever the referee is, is there is going to have to... is, is going to give, you know, Corey Sanhagen all the time in the world to recover, but I think once uh, once Cheeto smells his blood, he'll, he'll put this one away. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Vera by fourth round, uh, KO, TKO.
2: <sighs> so tough to call. I'm going Marlon Vera. Not confident in it, but... Again, this is not the same as the Rob Font fight, but I do feel like Vera can have those moments that can can change the course of rounds, and he could do that at any point. He could be losing four minutes of a round and then land a big shot and turn things around, and if you let Marlon Vera hang around too long, he's going to land some shots. He's just going to. So I'm going to pick him to win a very, very close decision, but I'll tell you what, AK... If I like, obviously, if Vera gets a, a finish, that's huge. If either guy gets a finish in this fight, I think it's going to have a gigantic impact on this division because we've seen sort of how Dana White talks about Mirab DeWallace Willie. You could be impressed by his performances and stuff. He's not in the great graces of the UFC, they haven't really put him over in, in a big way. And if one of these guys goes out and finishes the other, that is gonna be pretty friggin' impressive, especially if Corey Sanhagen finishes Marlon Vera, who's never been finished before. Oh, it's such a good fight. I'm torn. Coin flip, going with the dog, Marlon Vera to, to eke out a decision in a fight that I think is gonna make a lot of top five lists for fight of the year. I'm I'm not confident in that fight, in, in this fight being that great. So
1: the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook
2: the return of Holly Holm in the co-main event against Yana Santos. So women's bantamweight fight. So that's good to see since I think we only had like 13 or 14 total women's bantamweight fights in 2022. Nate Landwehr is back coming off of that incredible fight with David Onama. He's fighting Austin Lingo, Andrew Lee, Macy Barber, Alex Perez, al Cop. And the main card opens with Chidi and Jokwani versus Albert Daraev. So Jose, I'll begin with you. Outside of the main event, which one of these main card fights fascinates you the most? Which one has you giddy?
5: I mean, they all do. Um, they all do. I mean, one of fly like Perez and cop probably has the most... Well, Holly and Yana probably has more title implications. Uh, I'll say Nate Landwehr Austin Lingo solely because I was in the building when Nate Landwehr fought David Onama, and I have never in my life felt an arena shake like it did when they were fighting to the point where i was not cage side because i was if anyone's been to san diego the arena is very old to the point where when you walk in they have a mural of Jimi hendrix playing there that's how old that arena is and i'm pretty sure they have the same chairs from that same concert where they're all made of wood and then so the media room is is the media room is underneath the seats so the people are walking above you in their seats. And during that fight, they were stomping the ground and the entire building shake was shaking. And if you go back and watch our post-fight interviews and scrums from that UFC San Diego card, there were fighters that were just like, Holy crap, what's happening right now? Like in the in during their interviews. I think Gerald Meershaw was the big one where he like had to stop because everything in the room was shaking so uh if there's a fighter that literally you know almost demolishes an entire building during a fight i'm gonna be excited about their next fight so yeah nate Landwehr, uh i'm very very excited for obviously also is a very durable fighter uh so i expect like if there was oh, man because i said the same thing about Cruz and i said the same thing about Cruz and marlon like there's just fight fights that are kind of it's not fun to pick them for Fight of the Night because it's like any Justin Gaetje fight. Like, oh, what's Fight of the Night? Like, it's just a boring pick. Say Marlon, Veracoria, Senegon with Fight of the Night is a boring pick. But if I had to pick a dark horse for Fight of the Night, it's probably anything with Nate Landwehr in it. So I'm going to pick that fight. <laughs>
2: it's a pretty safe bet right there. AK, what say you? Is there, are you looking at that fight Listen, as well? Or is there something I, love, on? I think I know where you're going with this. Mike, I man.
4: love Nate the Train, man. I love Nate the Train. I can, this guy. This is the human embodiment of Tennessee – uh, facing a uh, uh, facing a, a Texas boy, so that's good. good. You're going to have the crowd's going be super super invested in this fight. Like that's what you need. I saw um, someone asking in the comments a fair question earlier, like, "Oh, there's no big stars from Texas in this card," and I'm like, "That's okay. That's like the that's when you when you're when you're when you're going to a place like San Antonio, you don't necessarily need like it'd be cool if you could have like a big Texas name in the main event, but you don't need it. You want these kind of people who are, who are from the area. Um, who, you put them on the main card, and andrew Lee's on there as well. Uh, Daniel Pineda is closing out the um, the prelims. These are good spots. These are good spots. You don't necessarily need that huge name. So you throw someone in there who's from the area against a guy like Nate Landwehr who is completely insane. And people forget Austin Lingo, his 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 um, UFC career has been kind of like inauspicious. Before he came to the UFC, he was like annihilating people. It's fine. I know what you guys want to say. Regional fights, whatever. What do they mean? But this guy was uh, – his his three fights before the UFC – 13-second knockout, 25-second submission, 25-second knockout. He has he had such a good pre-UFC highlight reel. It was so much fun to watch. Um, and I think we're going to see that come back on, uh, on Saturday. So the only reason not to pick it as like the standout fight to watch is because it might not go past the first round. I think both guys are just going to go in there like smashing each other, uh, which is fantastic. But I, yeah, listen, that's my... For me, that's the real co-main event. That's almost the real main event. It's such a fun card. I'm glad they put it together. I'm glad they were able to keep uh Nate Landon on this card. Him and Alex Caceres also been super fun, but in a different way. I think this will just be like non-stop zero to like a hundred. Uh, and I'm I'm just super pumped about it.
2: I didn't realize Austin Lingo had been out for 18 months. And realize it's not that long since he fought. Yeah, he didn't fight at yeah. all in 2022. So, yeah, maybe he's just uh, he's got a little anger to to let out, and Nate Landwehr will certainly pick up the pace enough to to get that out of you. Andrew Lee Macy Barber is an interesting fight. I think a lot of people are just are just not giving Andrea much of a chance in this fight, and these are the types of fights that Andrea does actually really well in that you know stylistically may not look great andrew's very good on the ground she doesn't look she didn't look great in her last fight but she she's she's had some some really good performances and being able to fight in texas i think this this is going to be a fun fight it's going to be a fun one and alex prez Al cop golly it's just gonna be nice to see alex Perez actually step into an octagon that guy's had a hard time getting in there manel cop is on the cusp don't say that don't big- say that you can't <laughs> say that it.
5: with Alex Perez I'm knocking I was like, I'm I was knocking like, on wood
4: you're, you're, you're poking Jose right now you're poking him right now with these comments man, especially
5: man. with Alex Perez he's burned me too many times <laughs> yes and and uh, Manel, Manel- fights. He- and Manel cop fights. it seems like both of these men just can't get into the octagon for both they their own fault and out, their though. opponent
2: they're canceling each other out, though.
5: We went through G-G- this with out. Matt Snell and Alex Perez. Were the same thing. <laughs> it just flyweight <laughs> division. You can't guarantee anyone shows up.
2: Well, let's hope they both show up, and if they do, mm-hmm. that fight is going to be fun. That is going to be a good one. And then Chidi and Joaquani mm-hmm. and Albert Uribe are just going to beat the hell out of each other. So that will be a, a fun way to kick off this main card. Uh, Low key banger, Jose. Any prelim low key banger that you got your eye on?
5: Ooh, low key banger. Let me pull it up again. Low key banger. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Stephen Ocho Peterson is a kind of a psycho. So is Daniel Pineda. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of crazy men on this, these prelim cards. I low key like C.J. Vergara because he wore the Doctor Strange eye around his neck after his win in Phoenix. Stephen Peterson has. Some pretty horrendous tattoos. Superman. Uh, Superman? So I love that. So I love that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, I don't know, man. There's a lot. I mean, I'll say, Steve, I'll say Daniel Pineda because he's been – how long has that cat been fighting? I feel like that every time – like he's been in the – he's left and he's – How? what promotion hasn't Daniel Pineda fought at? That's a better question. (laughs) Like that dude fights and has fought like every promotion – yeah, not he hasn't been in fight circus, and I from I, I say this, not overly confident. I assume he, I am assuming he fought in the PFL. He did. Oh,
4: he definitely. He almost, he almost, and, he almost and, yeah. went to the finals, and then but that's then he failed right,
5: that's yes. right, yeah. and, he in, uh, and he obviously fought in LFC, and he obviously fought fought in. He definitely fought in Bellator, I know that, and obviously the UFC. So he's fought in every promotion. I'll say Daniel Pineda because that dude is fun. Just watch that guy fight; he deserves eyeballs. AK.
4: I'll just say I don't want I don't I don't want to steal from no bets barred, but this is one. And I also don't feel to tell people to gamble on MMA. I always say never gamble. But if you like flyweight unders, let me tell you something. These first two fights, <laughs> I. I am almost, I mean, if you want to be safe, you go under two and a half, fine. But if you want to be a real man and trust in the flyweight under Magic, I'm almost so confident that C.J. Vergara and uh, Daniel Silva or Daniel Lacerda and uh, Victor Altamirano and Vinicius Salvador, I don't think either of those fights make it past the midway point of the second round. Alex Presmanel Cop is a little bit trickier for sure. Again, once you get to the higher, I will say once you get to the higher level, we're talking about two top 10 flyweights, it's a little bit trickier to predict that one's going to put the other guy away. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily go all in on that, but uh, one of these, I think both, I think both of these preliminary flyweight unders are going to hit. I'll be very surprised if they don't. I got a little too, uh, jumpy last week. I will say I put some money on Makayev doing it. And, and hmm. now we know, Mikhaev, now we know Makayev is inside, is inside the distance, but not before the middle of the second round. So it's just, it's just not how he does things. So, but other than that, flyweight unders going very strong in 2023. I'm happy to uh, promote it for the no bets, Bard boys, uh, Jen Michoud and Carter Burks. So uh definitely on the prelims maybe leave the press cap fight alone just enjoy that one for what it is but if you want to sprinkle five bucks on uh you know just make things interesting for yourself the, for those first two flyweights bouts i, I think they're both any in finishes and both uh, before uh, before the midway point of the fight
2: yeah that- this is a car that is probably gonna have a lot of finishes on it. And I,
5: really. I, I, while AK was talking, I looked up Daniel Pineda to see if there were any other promotions he's fought at. I was right when I was kind of half joking that he's fought in every single promotion. This cat fought in Elite XC back in the day, so that just tells you how oh, long he's man. been and at at <laughs> welterweight. And he has two different. He's two different rematches one like he fought chaz skelly twice before the ufc and he fought johnny bedford twice before the ufc so this cat has been around for a long time
2: he has it's absolutely insane now i'm looking at it right now he fought a bellator six holy shit
5: yeah man he fought on (laughs) ufc on fx Oh, yeah. FX one
2: FX to mm-hmm. both. Yeah, he's a an He fought right on now. the
5: first. I know for a fact he fought on the first ever UFC on Fox Sports card, the Chaos Sun and Shogun fight I believe he fought Diego Brandao on that card. I think you are correct. And you want to hear yes, something weird?
4: Like, sum up 44 pro fights, has never won by decision. Has Jesus never won Jesus
5: Christ. I, didn't <laughs> Somehow, even look I
4: don't know how that's possible. <laughs> he's never won a decision. He's
5: lost five,
2: though.
4: He's lost five. That's has never wild. won by decision. <laughs>
2: That That is is (laughs) bananas. That's great. Wow. All right. Well, let's go to the peeps. Maybe they have some more fascinating Daniel Pineda trivia questions or some tidbits for us. Uh, Hello, Casey. How's it going? Doing wonderful. Thank you. You know, it's weird about the Daniel
3: Pineda, the X C fight. Um, I was there. Um, I was working for LeadXC at the time. Yeah, Yeah, Renegade. That was Kimbo's Kimbo's, um, debut, uh, MMA debut, I think which may, yeah. the crazy part is like i've seen so many freaking fights I means i was there i shot footage of him backstage i probably why well, he lost the fight, so i didn't interview him afterwards but i was probably caged for his fight i have zero memory of it zero <laughs> so
5: i'm like whoa that was that was the uh that was the famous don't be scared homie fight right fight card
3: no, oh. no, no, no. That no. One, that was um, that that one set it up though. That one set it up because that was uh, when KJ Nick
5: Diaz was the main. KJ News beat Nick Diaz by doctor stoppage, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah,
3: yeah. And then, and then. Yeah, um, yeah, I get what you're saying. But that was the fight when yeah, Nick yeah, Diaz, yeah. When, he, when he left the cage, we left the uh, he left uh, the ring. He slapped the cameraman's camera yeah, in yeah. the backstage. So he yeah, used yeah. that footage all the time. The camera going woo. <laughs> yeah, so, I. Remember. Uh, yeah. All right, to the questions. Oh, by the way, AK, I really like this main card. I think this is a great main card. It's a strong main night. card. It's a strong especially, main card. Especially yeah. rank, ranking-wise, outside of land wear lingo, we have every fighter on, 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 the, on the only rankings that matter in our top 15. Uh, not
4: Anjikwani and Dariya. No, it's a six-fight main card. So oh, six-fight main card. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. that's six-fight main card. That's not a real thing. Five-fight <laughs> five main card. Top five. You're talking about the f- <laughs> the top five fights yeah. of the main card if this yeah, were a normal main card. Sure.
3: Yeah, yeah Um. and, and Lanwar Lingo, obviously, is just going to be a super exciting fight, so I have no issue oh, okay. with it being placed right there. But ranking-wise, this is a very uh, stacked fight night card, honestly. But, uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, Do-do-do-do-do. To the questions...
2: Uh, where could andrew versus macy be the fight of the night i could see both ladies bringing it now we have a third ufc women's flyweight champion ever in alexa grasso do you think andrew lee versus macy barber could be fight of the night ak i mean on this you never part, know it's
4: it's certainly again, especially if 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 if, if I'm correct, and that uh, you know Nate Land and then go ends quickly, that might be more of a performance of the night thing. Uh, but I am thinking the main event goes past the third round. I think if it goes past the third round and it's as expected, like the action is as expected, I don't know how that's not going to win fight of the night, the main event. Um, Andrew Lee, I just had to check as I saw this question does have one fight of the night a long time ago, uh, May 2018 against Veronica Macedo, now Veronica Hardy. Um, other than that, no. I mean, she's 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 had some. I, I don't I, I don't know I, I don't know no. I don't want to say that she has she Do you remember had
5: that? I remember fight. that fight. Do you remember yeah. that card? I remember no. that exact card. That yes. was that was Kamara Uzman, Damian oh. Maya, and I'm pretty oh. sure it was in Chile. And that fight card was not good. So that just happens to be the best fight on a very lackluster card. Uh
4: huh. Yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds. So like, as far was, as like, I'm
5: concerned, both women have zero fight of the nights.
4: Yeah, I will say I don't know. I don't consider like I don't think Angelique's a boring fighter, but I do think Neither like do m- most of her decision fights are you know they're they're good like, they're entertaining, but not. I think there's a reason she hasn't wanted the fight in the night. I don't know if her fights have ever kind of hit that next level of like excitement. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It's, it's the, if the question is, is it possible? Sure. Uh, I wouldn't – it wouldn't be my – like, again, for picking like the top three candidates, probably wouldn't be in the top three. Probably, again, main event, Landwar Lingo, um, Perez, Cop- even Njikwani Drive could be a little wild. Daniel Pineda is fighting. So it's going be tough. It's would be tough to put it up there.
3: If Lee Barber Barbara is fighting yeah.
4: the night – Oh, Sorry.
2: No, I was saying, Macy Barber's a, a pretty sizable favorite. Bigger than I thought she'd be. Minus yeah, Minus. Re- yeah, I was kind of surprised on that, too. But um, What's
3: topology saying? Um, oh, it's very really heavily in favor of Barber. 83%
5: like. Barber. Why? Yeah. Why?
4: Yeah, I, that was That's shocking. I, I didn't. I did not I, was I like, whoa. don't get <laughs> <That's> it. I don't get it. I
2: Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Do, do, do. All right. Uh. Which fight will likely give us a number one contender for 125? Cop Perez or Royval versus Nicolau? Oh, here you go. It's going to Jose.
5: I know everyone loves Manel cop The answer is Brandon Royval and Mateus Nicolau because Mateus Nicolau should have already had the title fight if they weren't doing the quadrology or fourth fight or whatever you want to say. Like, like, like other flyweights say that. <laughs> like, even like Makayev says it. Brandon Moreto says it. Like, this isn't a question. This is a question of... Why, who's next after Pantoja and Nicolau? That's the real question. If, if Mateus Nicolau wins, that's the answer. If he loses, then Brandon Royvel gets it because Brandon Royvel fought Brandon Moreno and it was a screwy finish because his arm popped out of its socket like a 60 seconds into the fight. I love Cop. I love Perez. That's not the fight for number one contender. It's just not. Nicolau and Royveld all day.
2: I agree. Ak, this is you. You have predicted it's the year of the raw dog, so I, I guess you would agree, right?
4: Uh, yeah, I don't know if, if Roy Val, if he beats out, necessarily, he might still be one. I would hope he would get a tail shot, but he might still be one away. But uh, yes, this does go with my plan with my prediction of this being <laughs> the year of the Brandon Roy Val, and uh, so I'll go with. I'll go, I agree with. That, I agree with Jose. <laughs>
5: Let's also not forget that when Brandon Royval fought Brand Moreno, the stakes were the loser changes their name to Brendan. So we have to, we have to call him. Accordingly. We should respect
2: that. Okay.
5: Yeah, we should respect it. Brendan Royval.
2: Both are really good fights, though.
5: Mm-hmm. Love both fights. Also, yeah. Mateus Mikolaj beat Manel Kot. Let's not forget that.
3: On the, yeah, the judges say that, but we all. Also- yeah, and I understand that <laughs> everyone on the site,
5: everyone, I understand everyone on the site wanted to give Manel Cop a UFC title shot before he even got to the UFC. Still lost to Mateus Nikolaou.
4: <laughs> Not this guy, by the way. Not hey, I'm with you, Jose. Neither am I. I, did I. I don't believe in Japanese MMA. As people know, uh, I'm an Amer- yeah. American MMA only for me, sir. So I was like, USA, Cobb. USA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how I view MMA. I'm like, okay, but has yeah. he done it in the octagon, Casey? Has yeah. he done it in the octagon? That's yeah. my question.
5: Anyway, Ten round fight? opening yeah. rounds in a in a ring? What is this <laughs> poppycock? Yeah. <laughs>
4: I need eight, I
3: need eight walls.
5: You can wear, why are they wearing shoes in there? Poppycock! I said. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Throw a head kick with the shoes. Oh, wait, you can't? What are these, rules? <laughs> Silly. Off the rails, off the rails. Well, we have an ongoing
4: poll, uh, who wins the UFC San Antonio main event. I'll read the results uh, at the end of the questions. I'm a little surprised. I'm I'm pretty surprised by what I'm seeing, I think.
5: What is this question? Is my bookshelf real? Of course it's real.
3: Yeah. you, people, how do you
5: like, think I, do you think I am a former uh, you think I'm a former ESPN journalist that came back to <laughs> MMA fighting and does his interviews in his garage with a fake bookshelf of course this is real and <laughs> hey. I've read every single that's one. why
4: that's why people are asking that's why people are asking they can't they don't know how to trust us.
5: I'm not that's not even a shots fired just a lot of people <laughs> I remember when Ariel did an interview and then it was like there was an angle and like I knew every, like I thought it was pretty obvious it was like yeah, kind of a backdrop obvious, yeah. not that it, there's anything wrong with that but like yeah. people were like oh
2: it's not a backdrop I'm like yeah, who cares
5: <laughs> but yes my bookshelf is real and I've read every book on here
2: could the winner of Holly Holm versus Jana Santos get a title shot? To me, women's bantamweight is wide open, and Julia and Amanda hasn't been booked at 135 or 145 since beating Juliana last fall. Yeah, I think this is a pretty easy way to end an- I-, I think there's only one way to answer this question. But AK, go ahead. Uh,
4: I, I yes, yes, it's women's bantamweight. So there's no, there's no depth to this division. There's no depth. There's no depth. You you're everyone is one fight away. Everyone is one fight away from fighting Amanda Nunez. It's just a matter of when uh, Amanda Nunez decides to come back from this end. And, uh, and no one needs to rush her. She's done everything. She has nothing to do but, but pick up wins no, and checks. No, they need to rush her. She's the champion. She's her legacy, champion, her, no, I'm saying she doesn't need to rush herself. Her legacy is secure. They could strip her if they oh, want to oh, oh, her. Oh, I see what you saying. Okay, and you. I'm her. And I'm just like, okay, strip the titles. I don't care. Like it would suck because, assuming she doesn't want to fight anymore, assuming she doesn't want to fight anymore, it does suck to lose the titles because then you're. Well, actually, that wouldn't matter because she'd come back and immediately get a title shot anyway. So, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it. She should take her time. But whenever she comes back, it's pretty much just going to be they're going to find some bantamweight coming off a win with a little bit of name value. In this case, again, could be Holly Holm, could be Yana Santos, uh. i I, I could have i don't know hailey cowan and tamiris vidal if that fight had gone through uh uh for for tamiris vidal hopefully she's okay um i know she wasn't able to fight and hailey cowan prism for her as well to even get her ufc debut in the book second time in like a month that she's had her debut canceled uh but yeah this is a pretty firm yes that's why this is a co-main event it was almost i think holly was saying before before the 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 marlon vera and cory got moved here i think it was going to be the main event wasn't it
5: yeah yeah,
4: so there you go. Yeah, this big title implications here.
5: I think if I if Irene wins, it's a pretty big yeah. no-brainer. They're gonna want the Mexican woman to fight Especially for the title. Braco
4: winning
3: now,
5: yeah. That's also a fresh matchup. If he, but so I guess happening. it would depend on if Irene versus Raquel Pennington. If I remember, correctly? To that fight? is that the fight that's out? If happened?
2: it happens, if it happens, what, that fight if it was, it was never done. That but what?
3: Which yeah, end? Yeah, done. Done. Do we have any idea? Is Aldana injured?
2: I have no idea no it was on like neither end it was just like hey because we've talked about this before the, the one of like the early ongoing thoughts about this card in particular was there was talks about doing like an all women's card or like a, yeah like a women a women's card so and because they didn't have a main event this was something that was kind of brought up but it was never it never got past like the initial hey what do you think about fighting this person on this date? That's a—it's literally as far as it went. And then it was reported that it was going to happen and it never got past that point. So maybe that's the direction they go. Um, but I feel like, I feel like Holly Holm is never out of these conversations like ever. Correct. Um, even though she probably should be with Amanda being the champion. And I just think Raquel and Aldana are both, firmly, they should be firmly above both of these women. Yana Santos has a zero chance of getting a title fight if she wins this one. I wouldn't opinion. say that. I feel pretty good. I, I feel pretty <laughs> yeah, good about all. saying that. No, I feel pretty, no, pretty, no, no, pretty good. This is
4: women's what? chance of weight. You don't know. <laughs> Juliana Pena, who did she beat to get the title shot? She beat, um, who did she beat? She beat,
2: uh...
5: Jermaine Duran. Right? No one. No one. She lost to Jermaine Duran, and they got a title shot.
2: Oh, she got submitted by Jermaine Durandamy. Oh, Sarah... She beat Sarah, 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 she beat Sarah what Sarah are we talking about here? And and we did
4: not think that her being Sarah McMahon would get her a title shot and that here we are. So that's what I mean. We we, we say all this (laughs) all
2: the time, but then we go, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) Well, she got, well, Juliana got a title shot because she went and did media and just went scorched earth on everybody. So that helped get her over when we were looking for, exactly. Uh, But at least there's like a couple of people in play here. Raquel Pennington's on a roll. Aldana with everything happening with the champions right now. She makes a lot of sense. I don't think either of these women make sense for a title fight if they win. So, real quick.
3: quick, why are we so anti Holly Holm not rematching Newness?
4: When we when we kind of said we suggested Pennington may get a rematch of Newness, I'm anti everyone in this division getting a shot against Newness. So that's not yeah. it's not against Holly Holm specifically.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying Raquel gets the fight right now. But I think her and Aldana are both ahead of both of these women is what I'm – I you know, think is Aldana is. I don't think at.
3: Pennington is. I think Pennington – if you're – I mean, yeah, whatever. It's when, tough yeah, I mean, because
5: we, we say that, but if if, if Kellen Vieta had been Raquel Pennington, that would have been the fight, and then Raquel Pennington, yeah. Pennington beat her. So Raquel Pennington just keeps knocking off these fighters that are supposed to fight for the title next. So at some
4: yeah, point, she's
2: five in a row.
5: Yeah.
4: And by the way, Mike, Against, I will say – we say Holly Holm is closer, but Yana Santos beat Kelton Vieira. The MMA mm. matches come into play here. Yana Santos beat mm. Ketlin Vieira pretty, pretty convincingly, too. Holly Holm lost that, you know, somewhat, I would say, some would say controversial. I didn't think it was that controversial. I, I um, home, but it was but yeah. close. <laughs> it was close, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, the loss to Aldana, who obviously should be ahead of Santos. Aldana did miss weight in that fight. She missed weight pretty badly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, it still counts. It still counts a that's loss true. to Gianna Santos. But like, yeah, that that's is. how. Like that's how close Yana Santos is. Like she's really not out of the picture. She beats Holly Holm. That's a big name. I mean, that's true. she could easily get that title shot. mean,
5: last bantamweight fight was against Holly Holm. Since then, it's been just catchweights for days.
4: But her
3: last catchweight wasn't her her on her. And the one on before
5: that, but the one before that, it yeah. was.
3: Yeah, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll give her that one. She gets one. I mean, freaking yeah, yeah. It's it's a woman's bantamweight. UFC gave up on that division so such a long time ago. <laughs>
5: Technically, yeah. looking back, looking back, she's only had three bantamweight t- fights since 2019. It's been all catchweights. Yeah.
2: If Santos wins, she fights Aldana, if Aldana doesn't get the title shot. And you got to do Raquel Pennington versus Juliana Pena. Like, what are we doing here? Those two hate but each I don't other. There's heat on it. What are we doing?
4: But that would be such a quick run back for Aldana. I guess you could justify it by the fact that Aldana missed weight, but – I don't know if he would act so soon. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Holmes Pennington
3: rematch because that was Holmes' UFC debut. Oh, was, it was very cool. No, that'll well, be the third. No, that'll
5: be the third fight. That'll, oh, that'll, that'll, that'll be, that'll they be the third <laughs> fight. <They won't, laughs> they won't, they won't. Won't forget, Holly Holmes two zero already. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot the second one then. The rematch, exactly, because the second fight was at in the co-main event of and Cowboy. Do you remember? You we were both there, and Dana White was just shitting on that fight, and Holly was like ten feet away from this uh, you know, this division is fantastic. exactly you know what, you don't you know remember what? The i do fight.
3: remember but it's like in that repressed memory part of my brain and like oh no no i just it i'm was, not gonna start shaking now you're right i apologize I'm, was, gonna, I'm, was, gonna, I'm, gonna, no I'm gonna delete good. that part out of the podcast that's fine. no no, no.
4: This,
2: this is what it does
3: to people this is what women's i kind of want to see people.
2: <laughs> I kind of I want to see, I, I would like to see home Aldana run it back. I know it was a while ago and, 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 it was, that I was at, and, and Aldana, Aldana and, and had did. an injury. She
5: did. No, no, it was not injury. It was yeah. injury. Aldana was just riddled with COVID.
3: It oh, was, yeah. like, oh, yeah, it was, was
5: yeah. this wasn't like, Oh, the common cold COVID this was, she couldn't walk up the stairs without getting tired. It was bad.
2: Yeah. Who just knows? The, See, we just made this division more interesting than it's been yeah. in two years. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. You guys, you,
4: none of you were on the ranking show this week. Uh That's true. I, for some reason, somehow got us to talk about Women's Bantamweight for like 20, 25, well, 30 problem. minutes on that show. I have spent way more time talking about Women's Bantamweight this week than anyone has, the UFC. Uh, any media member has in the last <laughs> year, like 12 months. I don't know what's happening to me. I think it's gone to the point, I actually love the division. I think like I'm mm. I've come back around to it. Uh, all mm. I'll say is uh, Josiea Nunez, g- drop back down to one thirty-five. Save us,
2: please. Save us. I know she's save us, Josiane Nunez. Yeah, and look, Julia Avila could be back this year. Yes. So that's True. somebody who who was ranked before. You know, she left for a little while to have a have great, a child.
3: Create human life.
2: Yeah. Know. So she's going to come back this year as well. So. I mean, look. This could be a. I don't know if it'll get back to the heyday of what this division once was all these years ago, but maybe, maybe 2023 is the year of the comeback for the women's man and weight division.
3: We shall see. Just book nunez Aldana, fresh fight.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm cool if they just do that right now. Yeah. All right, one more question. Give me. One give us question.
3: the best one. Do,
5: do, do. Oh, best one.
3: Do, 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 do.
2: Or whatever. also for those
5: asking, because I see you in the comment section. My hair is. Oh purple not blue yes lilac if you want to be more specific because I know people will love that <laughs> <in the> comments <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're good I don't know uh, yeah I mean I don't know how we can yeah. top that line right there alright hit the music oh, wait, all right, here we go. oh hold on the poll the poll guys there oh, is the, a poll, poll. the poll
4: let me end the poll properly please hit the music uh, and AK will read the poll so first off let's go to uh, topology here uh, very close, fifty-one percent. Fifty-one percent sanhagen forty-nine percent Vera, wow. and uh, uh, apparently Cheeto, a slight underdog. so I haven't looked at DraftKings, but uh, Mike, does that sound He's right? A slight underdog. He is a dog. Yep.
2: Yeah, our one, poll, plus one forty.
4: Our YouTube poll, sixty-one percent picking Cheeto Vera. So never tell these guys the odds because they do not care about them. Fifty-one percent Cheeto. He ain't an underdog on the on the MMA fighting
2: youtubes so I'll tell you that much. Well, I'll tell you who's going to win that fight. All of us are going to win that fight because we get to watch it. America. We get to watch it, and I can't freaking wait. Uh, and we'll talk more about this. We'll answer more of your questions tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern, because the prelims start time has got bumped back a half an hour because we lost two fights. And I think this is going to be a fun watch, folks. It's not the most star-studded card, but I think it's going to be a fun watch. I think we get a lot of finishes, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about coming out of it, but... We'll see you then. For AK, for Casey, for Jose, and the lilac hair, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching and listening. Good night, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
1: The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.